to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, spiritual oasis for men podcast we're on that no church answers tour and we're glad you're here where is here here is sugarland texas so grab a globe spin it around Boom! not sure where you ended up so spin it around find texas southeast side of texas is houston southwest side of houston is sugarland we are still in this covid quarantine uh so we're in undisclosed locations around sugarland you know we're not pastors we're just regular guys and each of us our own on our own spiritual journey. And uh, we feel that all men are leaders, leaders of your families, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community. But sometimes that lead dog needs to be spiritually recharged and fed, and that's why we're here. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, our website, man-upspiritualoasis.com or pray.com, we're glad that you're joining us, and this is podcast number 201, and I kind of feel like uh, there's uh, the time warp that we're in is kind of like BC before COVID, DC during COVID, and AC after COVID, and so using that scale, basically, I think we're right between DC during COVID and on our way to AC after COVID. And, and I'm saying that as someone who's about to get my second shot uh, tomorrow. So uh, anyway. I'm not, you know, I, I wouldn't describe myself as ACDC. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And that's producer Steve Titch there. Um, and and uh, we, this is number 201. And uh, we've, we've introduced uh, some new uh to some new segments uh, recently, and uh, we have a Men's Matter Fast Five, and that's where our own judge, Michael Cropper, interviews Pastor Davey Gibson. We'll go to that. Welcome to the Men Matter Focus on Friends segment. This is where we focus the Men Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast audience on organizations and resources helpful to the spiritual man. Five questions to give you, our listener, a quick overview. And now, for the Men Matter, focus on Friends Fast Five. Hi, everyone. I am Michael Cropper. Today, we'll be interviewing Davey Gibson, the Associate Pastor of Education and Discipleship at Sugarland Baptist Church. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, would you would you like to make a comment before I start into questions? Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, Pastor Gibson? I've been at the church for um, almost 12 years now. I'm the um, adult education and discipleship pastor, which means I get to work with all of our Bible study small groups here at the church. And, and I had been in youth ministry for about 12 years and then okay. came here um, as youth minister for a few years and then... Um, I moved into what they called young adult ministry at the time. That was basically college through um, parents of elementary age students. And okay. so um, worked with the, the, that age demographic and then um, um, then got moved again. So I sometimes joke there's church is still trying to figure out what I can do. I'm on my third <laughs> different job here. Uh, does, does Sugar Land Baptist Church have a mission? 
Absolutely, we do. Can, can um, you uh, tell us about that or what it is? Yes, yes. So I would say our our mission involves connection, and that's one of the things I love about my my role here is is all the ways I get to see people connect with one another. But we simply say we are connecting people with God, with others, and with the world. Do you feel like you're making a difference? You feel like the church is making a difference? I do think we're making a difference. I think we're in a time period that's very crucial for the church, Michael, as as I think the scorecard that we may have been used to of numbers in a building has has changed slightly over the year. Um, yes. and and it's and and so I think churches and and ministries within those churches that aren't, dedicated to just how many people we can put in a room or in a sanctuary are -hmm. going to see a greater impact in the coming months and years as we look at what post-pandemic life is going to be. And so as as I was listening to someone talk about it last week, they talked about churches are built for for gatherings previously. We, We are all about, and especially as preachers, we want we want um, seats in the seat. You know, we want to see those people. We want to see those faces. Well, then all of a sudden, over a year ago, there was no one in those seats. And we had to kind of readjust and rethink. And so, and I think yeah. that's one of the biggest differences that we can make as a church is how do we make meaningful connections with individuals? And sometimes that's a face-to-face connection. And that is yes. being together in the room. But there's also a connection you and I have right now as we share church together. And we, we talk about what it is to be Christian this is a meaningful connection. We need to say, how do we make that? That, that we, how do we make those meaningful connections? And so that's what I hope Sugarland Baptist has done in this last year through our through our volunteer tech team that's been live streaming all of our services, through all of our Bible study leaders that completely went digital overnight and said, right. "We're going to talk to our computers and treat it just like our class, and we're going to trust that all these boxes." are, are going to be meaningful connections. And I think they have been. And so as we've continued to see um, Bible studies take place and, and spiritual growth take place, that yes, we've made a difference there because of our the connections. So I think that's a real big, real, real, real key to who we are as a church. Uh, David Gibson, what do you see as a current state of men of faith? And that's a very broad concept, men of faith. Well, I, you're right. It's 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 a very very broad question, but um, that that's the beauty of, of of faith is is it it permeates every part of our lives. You know, we we it it, and, and yeah. so I think one of the challenges um, for, for to to be a, a any to be a person of faith to be a man of faith is is taking you know we we've, we've called it a lot of different phrases taking it to the streets or going outside the walls or. But, but being a person, being the same person on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday that we are on Sunday. Yes, absolutely. Um, what do you see as the biggest challenge to get men involved? And I suppose, again, that can be very general. Let's say, let's say with the church or get them involved uh, with men ministries, anything like that. Do you, what, what do you see? Well, first of all, it needs to be something that appeals to guys. Um, you know, I, I think it needs to be something. So, just from a church standpoint, finding ways that we can speak to guys and 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 speak the language that that guys are going to be listening for and and ready to understand and will want to interact with and will want to have 
an opportunity to um, to seek out and to, and to have some kind of thing there. I think the other thing that that the other barrier that when it comes to um, getting men involved in church is is and this kind of kind of builds on that is we need to be doing things guys want to do. Um, you know, it's, it's, and that's one of the things I love about our, our spring barbecue at the church when we just get together and, you know, we're going to cook a bunch of meat and, and, and get to visit and, you know, be around, you know, we guys aren't just going to pick up the phone and say, so Michael, how you doing? What's up? You know, why'd you call? I need a reason. (laughs) You know, I mean, and so I think doing things that actively engage guys and the passions they're in, we've got to meet men where they are and in the passions they have. And so whether it's hunting or sports or, or, or computers or, or cars or what, whatever that is, it's finding ways to connect with guys and how that they will be able to to understand what's being said and that you show, you show their value, you show the worth of of what, of who they are and what they love. So. Uh, How do we contact or get involved or support Sugarland Baptist church? We've got a website, sugarlandbaptist.org. And um, you can find out more about all the different ministries of our church. Um, okay. You can also click on a button up at the top that says watch live. And, and we truly believe that we make those, those connections together through those digital platforms. Um, and, and that's kind of starts with our worship service at 945 every Sunday morning. And that happens in the building. That also happens on Facebook. That happens on YouTube. It happens on our website. And so I think, the, the first way you get involved is to find out more about us and, and let us know more about you. There is a digital connection card that, that we offer to guests that will um, get information that allow us to have your contact information and that we can reach out to you there. And so, but, but we, we, we do feel that the most important connections take place in small groups. All right. We want to thank Davey Gibson, the Associate Pastor of Education Discipleship at Sugarland Baptist Church the church from which the Manna podcast originates. And once again, thank you, Pastor Gibson. We are so thrilled to have you join us. All right, excellent. And thanks so much. That was uh, our own Michael Cropper and interviewing uh, Pastor Davey Gibson. Thanks so much for that, Mike. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm sure you didn't want to cross-examine him anymore. So. Yes, that's um, good. <laughs> and with that, we're going to go ahead and... And uh, uh, move right into introduction of our panel and uh, our world-class policy writer and professional gambler. He's our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, Steve. Hey. Hey, All right, Steve. And we heard from him a little earlier, attorney and former prosecutor, we call him the judge, Michael Cropper. Hey, Michael. Hey, Bill. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. (laughs) A corporate trainer, theologian. The professor, Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Yo. Hello, Robert. And insurance broker, Deacon Kyle Tran. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Uh, how are you? Hey, guys. Yeah. And my name is Bill Cox. Well, Bill so Cox. Basically, Billsman <laughs> and the director. Hey, Bill Cox. <laughs> and uh, go ahead. And uh, we are starting a new, a brand new study. Uh, this is in the Connect 360, Baptist Way Press. The remarkable journey begins. It's called Faith and Hope, and it's uh, a study of Mark. And so we'll go ahead and get some first thoughts from the p- panel and uh, start with uh, Professor Koshu. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, 
when you look at the faith, Christian faith, there are really three or four transitions that occur in the faith. The first one is when Abraham is called by God and God establishes the covenant, followed by the second transition of Exodus, where in essence, Judaism as we know it is formed. Transitions again, although not quite as severely with the establishment of the temple. That phase lasts until where we are today. And today we're going to see the coming of John the Baptist. And John is a transition figure. John transitions from the Old Testament prophets, the Old Covenant, to the new. He, he forms the bridge where he starts. And so he kind of forms the part where Jesus's ministry begins at that point. And so this is a great man lesson because the first part of it, we're going to be talking about transitions and what it means to be in transition. And all of us, every member of this group has gone through some, some sort of transition in the four years we've been doing the podcast. And so we can relate to transition and what it has. Second part of the lesson, I'll let Steve talk about because that's a whole nother man subject right there. Yeah, excellent. Uh, and Steve. Yeah, as, as Robert's saying, we're, we're gonna cover uh, really just uh, the first 15 verses of chapter one of the gospel of Mark. And Mark, as as many might know, is the shortest of the Gospels uh, and believed to have been the first uh, that uh, appeared. There, there may have been earlier source documents that uh, Mark, Matthew, and Luke drew from. Uh, but Mark, and, and, and as the author points out of the study, the, the pace is very fast. <laughs> Uh, there's no, there's no nativity. We begin, we begin, we're going to begin right at the beginning. We begin with the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist. And then we move into the temptation in the wilderness, which really goes quickly. Matthew goes into the details. We may have to bring that those in a little later. Uh, but uh, we're going to see the, the kind of this first year of Jesus's ministry um, over you know over the next uh, over the next weeks when we do this lesson, uh, so this is an interesting start. And I have a few things to say about transitions. I think they're very important, uh, especially for men. And I'll I'll wait till after we do the reading. Excellent, uh, Kyle Trahan. You know, reading on this one, you know, of course uh, we're doing two of them back to back, and both of them dealing with uh, baptism. You know, as a <clears throat> as a Catholic. It was more of a drizzling than uh, your full-on immersion. So, um, nice. you know, it. Uh, I, I got baptized, I don't know, seven, eight years ago now. So, um, you know, it, it hits home for me as well. Uh, it's an interesting couple of lessons. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Uh, yeah, folks, today's podcast will be directed toward two very important new Testament ministers. Although we have looked at the text before on our other podcasts, um, with when we studied John, I think when we studied Luke and Matthew, I think Robert mentioned, I always find something fascinating about the set of scriptures Bill is going to read. 
uh, the scriptures introduce John the Baptist in his ministry, and then they as well introduce Jesus when he approaches John to be baptized. In lesson one, Mark tells us that John has been foretold in the Old Testament as the one who announces the coming of the Messiah, which is why Robert explained to you that this is a transition between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, the script, this, the scriptures in the Old Testament describe John and his divine purpose. John's message was, you must prepare your hearts for the coming of the Holy One, for I baptize you with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Of course, that's Jesus. And then lesson two presents a picture of Jesus' baptism and tells us that this is when Jesus' ministry began. Now, the author of our lesson also believes that his ministry, his ministry as a minister began when he was baptized. The most beautiful part of this text that we are looking at occurs when Jesus sees the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit alights on him and God the Father affirms from heaven that he loves Jesus, he is his son, and he is well pleased with him. However, things will change shortly and very abruptly. I think Steve alluded to this because the Holy Spirit then leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Bill? Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read the scriptures. Uh, start with Mark. 1 through 8, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And continuing on Mark 1, 9 through 15. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That is basically the two lessons, but I absolutely agree with whoever said how fast this is written, as if it's as if it is like an action script as opposed with something that's real introspective or something like that. And with that, we'll go ahead and we'll take our first break. This is Man Up, Podcast 201. We will be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. 
Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. It's Man Up Spiritual Voices for Men, podcast number 201. Starting the new chapter, and with that, we're also starting the new uh, a new series, and this is on Mark, and so we're going to talk a little bit about John the Baptist, and uh, start with uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, so I, I, I have some points here. I looked at Luke to come up with a few things on John the Baptist, and John the Baptist um was born to a a um, member of the the Levitical priesthood, uh, um, Zachariah, and his wife Elizabeth, and uh, of course the, he is a cousin to Jesus himself. Uh, John was an awesome pastor. He didn't have any trouble confronting the uh, the Pharisees and the other Jews who came to him who were looking for a way out of out of sin without having to be baptized and to change their hearts. He called him, in fact, a brood of vipers. He was to be a prophet. Now, going back back when uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth Elizabeth was pregnant with him, uh, John was to be a prophet in the power and spirit of Elijah, according to Gabriel, who appeared to Zechariah while he was ministering in the temple. And he, uh, this is in 2 Kings 1.8, and also that explains Elijah, by the way, and Luke 1.17. John did not wear the clothes. He did not appear as a priest or a rabbi in fine robes or garments with tassels and all the things that you do if, you, if you're a priest. He wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, very much like Elijah did. He also ate locusts and wild honey. So it's very clear he is a different breed of person. Just like Jesus, in fact, started off the the um, the the priests did not accept Jesus, but he did end eventually wear robes and such. But John the Baptist never did. Anyway, he told the people John's purpose was repent and be baptized because there is one coming after me that's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So I I, I think John is just awesome. I think he's a, he's a he. A, we talked about class A personalities. Jesus was one. Paul was one. And um, however you want to call you and call them clerics, there's no question John the Baptist was. Anyway, so back to you. you know, there, yeah, go ahead, go ahead Steve. I was, I was, there was this connection with Elijah and yeah. that, that there was a prophecy that Elijah would return before the Messiah did. Uh, yes, and, that's and, right. And many, I, well, maybe, maybe we can get Robert in this because... I, I don't think it's doctrine, or I don't even think it's it's really in the faith to say that John the Baptist was a reincarnation of Elijah. 
but but how do we how do we look at how do we look at the way this is in, is is interpreted? That's my question. Um, was was he a spiritual descendant of Elijah? Is there there definitely? I mean, Mike brought up the identification of the the camel hair and leather belt, which is which is very significant. He was in the spirit of Elijah. He, he yeah, and and I think not a reincarnation. I think the best way to put it is like you said, Steve. He he is he is the spiritual descendant of Elijah. Hey, Elijah, Elijah was known as the guy that went to all the wicked kings of Israel and Judah and said, woe is you, you don't follow God's, God's law. You know, Elijah, Elijah does one of my favorite scenes in the Bible where he confronts the prophets of Baal up on Mount Carmel. And, you know, and, and my favorite part is he, you go first, pick your own calf, you know, and they're sitting there dancing around, slicing themselves, doing the whole deal. And and I just I picture Elijah sitting there just leaning back with his head behind the hey, y'all a little louder. Maybe he didn't hear you. Oh, you're not <laughs> yeah. dancing right. You better dance better. You, he, you know, heckled kind of, he, he heckled them. Oh, yeah, them. taunting them the whole time. <laughs> and then it's his turn and he grabs a bunch of water. He builds his fire, grabs a bunch of water, puts the calf on it, prays, fire comes from heaven, destroys the altar evaporates the water. I mean, it, it doesn't just consume the meat. It destroys it like evaporates it. All the water and everything else. And then he goes and kills all the prophets of Baal. Yeah, and then he starts running when Jezebel yells. Uh -huh. <laughs> Which we're going to cover in lesson two, right, guys? But, so, anyway, yeah, sorry, but, go ahead, but, it, but it's, but he really, he's that, he's that kind of a guy. He, he, he's John, gutsy. John would have been the most politically incorrect preacher <laughs> yeah. in the well, world. Well, you, you know, I, I had a discussion with a, a friend of mine, and this was years ago, talking about John the Baptist, and he talked about it like um, he was the opening act for Jesus, you know. And I was thinking about back when I was going to concerts and stuff, best opening back band that I ever remember was The Clash when they opened for The Who. But typically, you don't remember opening acts. But, and like I was talking to him, I agree with, I don't know, it may have been you, Professor, that used, or Kyle, that used the transition uh, line for him. And that's exactly what I think he is. You know, you've got all these uh, uh, false prophets in this era. But I think about a, trans, a, a transition figure that's something that points to something better. I think of like the old, remember the luggable computers, the first portables, they were <laughs> luggable. They were like 40 pounds. I mean, you could lug them if you had a You rolled them around like, uh, yeah, like right, luggage. Right. Oh, but it's portable, it's portable. <laughs> but then comes to the, to the notebooks, the laptops, the iPad that I'm using right now. You know what I'm saying? A real transition, a transitory figure uh that of what he was but also i i identify with the people that might have been confused in that era because i mean we're coming through this covid thing i don't know about you when you're in the middle hindsight is 2020 when you're in the middle of something you make your best educated guess and you pretty much got to go with it you'll be able to turn around and look when you're through it to evaluate your guesses or your decisions 
but it's hard when you're in the middle of it. Um, but I mean, that's how I just wanted to go ahead and throw that in. And uh, hey, Kyle, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, you guys were, were talking about the Elijah correlation or whatever. Got me to thinking, you know, where where's the correlation? How's it brought in and everything? But when Elizabeth was pregnant uh, with John the Baptist, Mary, uh, mother of Jesus, of course, went to see her cousin. Um, and when Mary came in and greeted Elizabeth, when she heard the greeting, the baby uh, actually leapt in the womb. Okay, so it, it was leaping for joy, essentially. And at least in the message, it says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit uh, and sang out exuberantly. But she was pregnant with John at that same time. So John would have been filled with the Holy Spirit by proxy, anyway, in my mind, um, you know, because of that. So it gives that extra... I don't know, the extra godly thing there that brings him in. Um, and then he was only a couple months older, something like that. Six, six months. Yeah. Six yeah, months. Six. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I get to fall back on all my, you know, biblical scholars here. It makes it nice for me. So, that you know, to me, I think that's where it brings it forward. Plus, you know, there's got to be a way to uh, fulfill the prophecies and everything else. So I think John stood in for that. There was an amazing thing about what you're just reading and telling us about, uh, Kyle. Uh, John is the first one that I've ever read, I, and, and it, I'm sure it's the same with Jesus, but it clearly says, the scripture says that John was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. So while the our, our, our author in our lesson talks to us about when our ministry begins, um, and, and whether or not it's when you are baptized or when you make a profession of faith or when you publicly testify about the Lord himself. The amazing thing to me is that, 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 uh, that John was actually baptized with the Holy Spirit inside of Elizabeth when, when she brought him forth. It just, uh, we don't hear of that ever happening to other, other babies or even, even Jesus himself isn't mentioned, but we know he's he didn't need to be. He was the son of God. But anyway, um, fascinating. They, could, they couldn't wait to put him to work until he was born. Yeah. 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 yeah, no. yeah. He, was probably, he was probably preaching as soon as he could talk. He probably, honestly. Right. I, I, I did want to get back to the transitions aspect of this, because that's exactly what, what goes on here. Um, John the Baptist uh, does his, he heralds, uh, Jesus' arrival, he points to him. I think in, 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 in John, he points and says, there, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The transitions, uh, to, to take this to kind of the, the men's realm, um, uh, these days, our experience, I think, has been very different from our fathers. I've, I had three salary jobs in my field in three cities before I was 30. It was, it was, they were all journalist jobs. Uh, they were all moving along. But this was still a time where my father strongly believed you worked for one company and you worked for 30 years for that yeah. same company. 
Right. Um, yeah. And every time I moved, I heard about it. What are you doing? You're throwing away your future. <laughs> You're laughing. I see Robert laughing on the screen. But it 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 wasn't the case. It wasn't that case anymore. And um, actually, I mean, you're being young. You had to overcome that doubt. Uh, and that now it might even be a little different for 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 kids dealing with with a, with the current job market. Uh, they may not even go ever go to an office. It may not even matter where they live. But nonetheless, there are uh, to me where I'm going with this. There are professional transitions. There are transitions you know, in your work life. And, you know, I was a journalist, then I was a policy analyst. And now, now I'm kind of retired, but I'm becoming a Christian evangelist of sorts. Uh, and then there are these personal transitions, which, which I think really, really is where in many ways our, our Christian thinking plays in because they're, they're psychological. I, 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 I narrowed it down to four big ones, and we can throw out others, but the beginning one is you start as a child or a dependent. I, I, I don't want to leave it. You're, 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 you know, you're a teen. You live in, your, you live in a house. Uh, you gradually grow up, but you're still a dependent to your parents. And then that big transition is when you move out and become an early adult and, 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 and you know, have your first job. And as we know, in this day and age, that is a big transition for Gen Zers, I think, who are, who are having trouble getting out of the house. And if, if there's something from our end that we, we talk about and we're judgmental about, it's the so-called failure to launch, yeah, which, we're, which we, I think, can be a little harsh on because that's our way of understanding the world. But as I said, the work life is a little different. Um, and 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 if you you guys have older sons than I do, and and it appears they are launching or have launched, then you move from from being an, an early adult uh, bopping around to being a husband, uh, to being a father, and then finally, which I haven't reached, being a grandfather. Uh, but but one of the key transitions, part of this, I think, is also in this, is when your parents die. And I know that some of yours, you still have your, your mother are still alive. Both my parents are, have been, my, my mother died uh, going, on, going on 15, 16, 16 years ago almost. Um, and my father died around 20, 21 years ago, 22. And that's, that is subtly, I think, a major transition because you, of, of, you, you begin to distance, you, you don't have that relationship anymore. That's simply a fact. But then that distance and the and the understanding begins to set in, and you you look at things more objectively uh, through age and experience and time. And I'm what I'm saying is that that experience can be very unsettling, and is definitely a major transition. Well, yeah, that's there. There's one transition you're leaving off that that I know Bill dealt with a little bit. Kyle and I are both in the middle of it. And that's a transition that's also unique right now is our generation is having to deal with their parents reverting to almost being children again, mm -hmm. where you're well, having to take care of them. The sandwich generation. To, what was that? The sandwich generation. Yeah, that we're sandwiched between raising kids and quote unquote raising parents at the same time because they're 
you know, you're having to deal with them. And when you're talking about the Gen Z and, and it's, it's Gen Z and it's mainly Gen Z younger millennials, maybe based on the ages, but the bigger effect of failure to launch the bigger one, Steve is the boomerang piece. Then they come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, honestly, Cameron's moving back in for eight weeks this Sunday. <laughs> but that's he, that's well, kind of a you know it's eight weeks it's not indefinite has a job i mean he's really it's really almost i mean he's he's in a job where there is literally an off season yeah it's no yeah. and and so so but but i see what i'm not to withstand what you're saying and covid brought that back well do, right. do we have advice for the people practical <laughs> advice since well, we yeah, yeah. This up. change the locks. <laughs> right. Kick their butts out of the house. Right, one. right, right, right. Yeah. right. Move have... and don't leave a forwarding address. Yeah. No, buy a, buy a trailer <laughs> and start moving around. I, 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 I broke it down a little bit differently. It's what you focus on when you're a kid and you're learning. It's focus on me when you're living, creating a family and stuff. You focus on we. When you're trying to leave a legacy, you're focusing on you. What I can leave you or the the people out there, and I'm transfer. I'm coming over into the legacy. I'm I'm old. I'm I understand. You know, it's what I can contribute. And I agree with you guys about transitions, but I experienced one, and Steve and Kyle also experienced a little bit of it. And that is physical, physical. When you become handicapped or injured or as your uh, physical uh, things, uh, your abilities just go away, you know, as you get older, uh, you have to change whether you wanted to or not. And that forces, that forces the change. Um, you know, honest. So, I mean, that's kind of the way I, I broke it down. That's hard. In many cases, there's stuff you don't want to leave behind. Oh, no question about it. But the sooner that you can do and then focus on what you can do, you can regain purpose for your life. And that's the, that's the issue that I see that men have. They have so much of their purpose tied up in one thing when they cannot do that one thing they can't find the substitute they can't find the next wave to ride or uh and, and they're just lost and, and and let's put this another way and and we john went through some of this how hard oh, yeah. is it to move on if you're the guy and now it's time to step down i mean we see this all over the place and if you think about it at one point john even sends a couple we don't get it in mark but we get it i think it's in matthew or luke where john sends a couple of his disciples to jesus and says are you the one or do we need to be looking for another yeah well, you, you're, you're, you're pointing out uh, you're pointing out a great great point for next lesson uh, robert and that's simply he was in jail right Mm -hmm. And he was getting discouraged yeah. and he was facing trials and he just got depressed. And he's starting to think, 
what am I really here for? You're right. He's no longer hearing from the Holy Spirit. He's no longer charged up and fired up. So, so he's actually getting depressed, Robert. What you're saying is absolutely right well, on. Real is it? I, I I just want to maybe ask about that because yes, because I was about to say the opposite that he he knew when to leave the stage. Uh, now I don't think he really wanted to be arrested or beheaded, but he was he was still talking to Herod or the the, the king. He was still evangelizing, even mm-hmm. if it was a one on one, and he actually was getting so successful that the queen didn't like it at all and pretty much manipulated manipulated right. his execution so i wouldn't so, call that successful uh, so but yeah no you know, he almost he was well you know he was herod you know he was he, he was, was effective he was beginning yeah. to stand up he was herod was he was being to man up in a way uh, yeah, but, so yeah, no. so i so i mean i'm he's, he seemed that's true because because yeah. i was gonna say we know we know and heard of so many people who you know plan to retire who talk about retirements or talk about moving up and can't can't let go and and and, and it's 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 terrible when they they ultimately hire a, a person they ex, they plan to you know pass the baton to and then don't you you can have uh, you know it was funny uh, we, we were talking uh, you know my mom went to a new doctor and uh, so he's kind of telling us and he's like a year younger than my mom so. You know, he's getting up there and uh, but very, very funny guy. And uh, he said that he tried to retire once about four years ago and uh, he got two weeks in and uh, he was sitting on the patio with his wife and his wife said something along the lines of, well, this can go a couple of ways. I can kill you and I'll go to jail or something, something or you can go back to work and everything can be fine. And right. so some guys may not have a choice because I think he liked his life more than being retired. And so he actually went back, you know. And so some of that, I think, is part of it as well. If uh, you didn't make friends with your spouse, uh, you know, when you should have been making that time with them. And now you find yourselves having nothing but time together and you either maybe don't like each other or can't stand each other that much. Um, so just another interesting point to a transition for us. Yeah, no doubt. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number 201. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. It's brought to you by Man Up Media. I'm Pastor Chris Busher, and hey, I know these guys. Their podcast is gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny. You can find them on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Facebook under Man Up, and all other podcasts are archived on SoundCloud and now even on Pray.com app. They're not pastors, but they're very reliable, regular guys, and that's why their No Church Answers tour movement is growing so fast. So for the Uncommon Man by Equally Uncommon Men, contact Man Up at www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the podcast and fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Uh, we're not pastors. We're just regular. Regular guys, and we're bringing it on this No Church Answers tour. We're starting out uh, a brand new study, the study of Mark. Uh, 
This is a Connect 360 publication through Baptist Way Press. And uh, I want to go ahead and uh, start this uh, next segment with our producer, Steve Titch. Oh, thank you. Well, after, after Jesus gets baptized, he goes into the wilderness for 40 days where he's tempted by Satan. And Mark doesn't give us the details. Matthew does is that that Satan appears to him and, and, and tempts him three times. One, um, after fasting for 40 days, he, he says, Jesus, turn these rocks into bread. And uh, Jesus resists again with scripture. Uh, then he uh, basically offers him, he offers him the world at the expense of his soul, not to do the mission the right way, but, you know, throw himself off the top of the temple and angels will attend him. Angels will come down. Uh, don't go through this, 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 this horrendous death you're going, that, that's at the end of this. I can make it so much easier for you. Uh, and so those are, those are for, for, for Jesus Christ, that was a huge, all those are huge temptations, which he resisted. So what does that say to us, to men? And, and I did want to talk about temptation because I think we're all subject to it. We all sometimes don't recognize it. I, I was thinking, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, retired and coming to church every week and happily married with kids and grandkids, um, you can't really congratulate yourself because you're not committing adultery. You're, you're not, that's not a temptation. And, and, and actually you really have very little power opportunity to follow through on that. Jesus had every opportunity to act on those temptations. Um, and yet he, he resisted. And I think that's the, that's the key. A real temptation is something you, you believe you can get away with. And again, we face that every day. And sometimes we really do have to go to the Lord to, to, to shore up that resistance. I think that this um, passage uh, or the temptation has been uh, overblown for a long time because it's not, it's not about the temptation. It's about discipline and there's two types of discipline. There's discipline where, you know, you're told what to do, like your parents, or you go in the military, you're told what to do, and you do it. God told Jesus to go out to the desert, and he did it. Now, then there's self-discipline, like uh, when your studies, college, your faith walk, that's your own self-discipline. And that is what Jesus showed when he's dealing with the devil that he was self-disciplined enough. And I think for, uh, for me, um, it just goes to show that discipline is an opportunity for your growth. And you'll find how much you can do, how much you can take, how much you can handle. When you use that discipline, uh, either, uh, well, now at our age, it's, it's pretty much self-discipline. Uh, you know, but but that's that's kind of my take on on this uh, on this thing. No, don't, don't. Sometimes you need more than self discipline. In a way, I'm, I see what you're saying about certainly practicing that. But do you need do you need the power of the spirit sometimes? And do you sometimes need God to basically help you avoid it or help oh, you get past it? Absolutely. I look at the, uh, the, the first temptation uh, where he's starving and, 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 and Satan comes in and says, okay, 
you can make bread out of this rock, do it. There's gotta be a little more than him just tempting him and him being hungry. And that's simply, there. There's. I think there's more to these temptations than, than what we just read here. The first one is, is are, are you really the son of God? Prove it. In other words, show us who you are. Show me who you are, really. I don't think you are. I think he's daring Jesus to do it. And then the second where he says, jump off the top of the temple. And Jesus responds, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, There, I think there's a lot more behind this than we're seeing. And he's simply, uh, he, we don't hear, I don't think, all the communication between them. For instance, he probably said, Elijah called down fire from heaven. What can you do? <laughs> Moses parted the Red Sea. Moses brought right. the plagues to Egypt. Right? Moses delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. What are you going to do, Jesus? You yeah. say you're the son of God. And then and then the third one, the third one I really, really get into, guys. This is, he says, up, uh, and he says, okay, takes him on top of the mountain. He says, bow down, and I will make you the rule of the world. Well, I mean, he's already the rule of the universe. So why would that affect him? Why would that temptation be a problem to Jesus? And his, his response, of course, is you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. I think there's deception here. And it, it reminds me of Adam and Eve and where Satan spoke to Eve. And he says, you're not going to surely die if you eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But anyway, the fascinating thought that I get from this is that Jesus was already the king, like I said, over the universe and the world. So what could Satan provide that would tempt Jesus to do that? And, and the only thing I can think of, guys, is, is a claim. Satan commands the attention of the multitudes of the world because most people do not worship God at this time. It, it, they follow I'll, I'll pride. Go, I'll go you Wait, on. I'm almost okay. done. Just a okay. they, they follow pride and selfishness, and they follow Satan. He is a master of pride and selfishness. So Satan has the ability to command the unbelievers to worship Jesus. So all of a sudden... God can, and, and then the thing that goes back to me is that God cast Satan out of heaven. If anyone on earth worshiped Jesus, this would cause jealousy with God the Father because most of the world did not worship God. Only a minority of the people did. So he's trying to get Jesus to bow down to him so that he can provide adoration and he can make God jealous for casting out of heaven way back when. Mm -hmm. Now, that's just a thought, guys. Oh, no, no, I'm I'll just know you one better. Go ahead. I'll go ahead, know Steve. you one better because I think you're you're onto something there. But and and especially for men, if if we want to, in some cases, be like Jesus, uh, or it's interesting that that Satan goes after you might say his self. Jesus's self image or self confidence. I like the way yeah. he put it. <laughs> Elijah did this. Elijah, Elijah, Elijah vaporized, you know, everybody on the mountain. What can you right. do? I mean, and now we look at Jesus and say, well, he, and, and without getting to the whole debate about where he was on his mission, let's say for argument's sake, he knew he was God. He, he knew everything about himself, everything about his mission. And maybe there's something we can take away that quiet confidence he had. He, he, even though he may have been hungry, he was, you know, he knew that, you know, turning stones into bread 
wasn't going to be the right way to deal with this. And that answering, he had nothing to prove. This is, this is something yes, to remember, point. I think. Uh-huh. When, we are, when we're ever getting into arguments, getting into fights, getting into things, you know, you've got nothing to prove. You're, you're there. You, you either have you know, the accomplishments you've done or your, your, your knowledge of your ability. But you shouldn't, get all, you shouldn't get angry if somebody calls you out. Either somebody calls you out and if it's just, if it's just not worth the time... Yeah. Right. Well, no. Kyle Trahan, what do you think about that? If I was that hungry, I'm thinking I want something more than bread. You want a oh, nice. You know, <laughs> maybe <laughs> some locusts, <laughs> a little wild honey. You know, we go back to the days of John there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I love the wild honey. I actually want to raise some bees, but. Uh, the locusts, I've seen those ugly little suckers, and I'm just not sure that's uh, something I want to do. Um, actually, Mike, you had said that uh, made me think of a movie that I just I just bought it. I don't know when it was put out. Um, might be able to find that here soon enough. But um, I'd had it on my list. My wife and I will see you know a preview of something, and I'll throw it on a list and. You know, we'll look for it on, you know, Amazon, whatever. And this one I couldn't find. So I found it at uh, Half Price Books. It's called The Last Days in the Desert. And it's actually about this very topic of the temptation, the 40 days in the desert. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting to those last days where the temptations really started coming at him. Um, I'm extremely intrigued to see it. Um, it looks very, very good. Um, and I do remember the previews on it. So, uh, if you haven't seen that, uh, you know, I'm not giving a plug for it because I haven't watched it myself, but um, it, it does get good reviews. So the last days in the desert should shed some light on yeah. that. And, uh, you know, just what he would have gone through. Yeah. You know, if Jesus yeah. did know what is his end days were going to be like or had any inclination of what his true purpose or the end goal was going to be, you know, Satan's coming at him saying, you know, Hey, bow down to me and I'll make you the ruler of all this without having to go to that end days that Jesus actually and ultimately did, you know, so that could have been the point that he was trying to appeal to is temptation was the easy way out. Right. But I'll give you all of this without having to go suffer. Yeah, right, Professor. Yeah, go ahead. Take that. Yeah, I, you know, the, and, and I think that's one of the temptations we have, especially in today's society that presents everything to us as get it now. It's, it's, you end up, you need to do the work. You have to actually put the time in, put the power in. We talk about it, you know, of, doing the work of doing what you need to do. We talk about this in man up, you know, it's okay to work. It's okay to have to do things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're all struggling to get to the retirement at some point, but it's okay to do the work when you have to do the work. And one of the temptations is to take the shortcut and do it easy. And I think that may have been, as Kyle was talking about, that may have been the ultimate temptation that, that Jesus was dealing with was 
take the easy way out. You know, bow down to me and I'll give you everything you want. You know, and we could skip that whole cross and passion thing. You know, let's, let's, the three years wandering around fighting with everybody. Yeah, let's just skip that. You know, let's jump to the conclusion. Jump to the end of the book. Well, that's like what I said uh, last week in uh, the podcast 200 and talking about the people uh, that I feel that I speak to. Um, I, I don't want to fast forward to the end. I enjoy that's why, like I when I go on vacations, I love to drive. I don't want to fly over the United States. I like driving. I like stopping for gas. And I pull up to a pump that's next to another pump that has someone out there so I can look at their license plate. I can ask them where they're from or where they're going, enjoying life and interacting with it because the pleasure is in the journey. And that's what uh, my daughter, who is graduating from college in about two weeks, is finally realizing that after complaining about college, for over four years, she's finally getting to the point where she, not only does she seize the end, she already misses it, and she's not even done yet. You, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I, I told her, I go, you need to enjoy it along the way, and I think that's the thing about men. So many times we're so focused on the solution that that we don't realize that there's pleasure in solving the problem. There's pleasure in getting to the solution, getting to the end. I, I don't want to cheat. I'll, I'll never forget, I'm, I'm going to a high school reunion. and There's this guy who was cheating off my paper. I'll call him Kurt because, well, his name's Kurt. And, he, uh, and I told him, I, I looked at him and I go, you need to cheat off of somebody else's paper. I didn't study. <laughs> and I told him after class, man, you probably could have gotten a B on your own. You copy from me, you'll get a C or less. <laughs> you know, Bill, you, you and I talked about this in the class. One of the points, the main points of the, uh, the lesson that the author says is when I face temptation, God always gives me a way out. And that's, I think that's very much misstated. It absolutely is. We, we're supposed to go it. through it, not get out of it. And, uh, mm. and, and then another phrase, we've always heard this, always heard this, God will lead us into temptation, but God will not tempt us. It's taken me years to figure out what in the heck that means. And it's exactly what you just said and, and what Jesus went through. And that's simply the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. And we all think that is so bad, but it's not. That's Nothing. when you grow, right, guys? Absolutely. And if you avoid the struggle, the struggle will follow you. When you go through the struggle, you defeat the struggle. That, To me, that's the man point of this. Yeah, it'll haunt you if you don't deal with it. Agree. Yeah. We're getting down to the end of the podcast. Want to go around the room one final time and uh, not only get some uh, takeaways from these two lessons, but maybe even a plug for the big show, big, big, big show, show number 200 that we had. 
and uh, start with Kyle Trahan. You know, I think for this whole thing, it's it's about, uh, you know, since it is all about the baptism, you know, in both of these, uh, both of these scriptures that we read first, uh, John baptizing others, uh, and then Jesus himself being baptized, you know, for John, from his perspective, look at what you're doing. Pay attention and know what you are doing. Know where your temptations are. Try to avoid them um, at all costs if you can. Repent and actually mean it is the other part of it. Because we are going to sin. We are going to fall. We are going to falter. Um, and then, you know, something that came to me earlier, Jesus... <sighs> Him being baptized by John was, you know, a huge visual. I, I would have liked to have been uh, in that crowd to have seen that day, you know, because what that would have been like to be sitting, you know, you're already listening to John anyway. And, you know, hearing the good news or, well, he's preaching a little more uh, the other side, but, uh, you know, you're there, you're still, you're listening. And then here comes Jesus and gets baptized and the heavens open up and you hear the voice of God. I don't know. I just, it sends uh shivers down my spine kind of a thing. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, a couple yeah, of questions from you. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I asked myself a couple of questions and the, uh, the author alluded to this. What was Jesus actual purpose again? Uh, well, God created Adam and Eve in his, in his, to be his companions. The man messed it up, the relationship. God in, gave instructions over and over again how people could restore the relationship with him, to love him with all their heart. So what's our relationship to God? The big picture is the spiritual, you're a spiritual relationship to God. Sin brought destruction into the world. Jesus brought spiritual restoration. So what is the good news that Jesus himself preached? Okay, Jesus told the people that he was the Messiah. He came to restore their relationship with Jehovah God the Father. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Matthew 4, 17. It was no longer necessary, Jesus told them, the reason I'm here, it's no longer necessary for you to kill animals and sacrifice them in a specific manner. God would accept them if they would trust in the Lord Jesus and they would be saved. He is the ultimate lamb of God. So repent from your sins, trust in the Lord Jesus, and love the Lord God with all your heart. Bill? Excellent. Uh, professor, a couple of takeaways uh, from you. Yeah, this is lesson is about two things. Transitions. So has men learned to transition properly? I mean, we will all be involved in transitions in our life and learn what it means to allow the next phase to begin and be ready to accept the next phase and then temptation, you know, and, and be ready to accept that most temptations really involve taking the easy way versus the hard way. Be willing to look past the temptation and see that as we talked about several times through our series on Philippians, there's, there's a joy in our journey of faith and be willing to walk beyond that to enjoy that journey of faith. 
Excellent. Uh, Steve Titch. Yeah. Um, definitely um, have a plan. Enjoy, enjoy where you are, because I think you very eloquently stated that, Bill. Uh, enjoy where you're, uh, where you're at so you don't look back and regret that you missed something. But be prepared to transition. Look forward to it. Have a plan. Don't, you know, don't feel, you know, you, you, sometimes you can't go back. Finally, also, um, we saw a transition in this story. We saw a transition from Jesus' baptism, kind of a, a big high point with literally the skies opening up to 40 days in the desert uh, all by himself. And I'm going to crib a bit from John Apio, who led our own uh, Bible study Sunday at Sunday School. Um, and one of the big takeaways is that the validation came before the temptation. God claimed Jesus, just like, just like with us. He claims you uh, first. He has the first claim. You're, you're not in the mud trying to crawl yourself out just to get to God. Uh, God claims you from the start, uh, and uh, that relationship gets ruptured, but through, through Christ, it, it's renewed. Uh, but you, you were always a child of God to start with. That was, as they say today, that was your default position. And through his power, you can overcome temptation, uh, and, your, and your relationship is restored. Excellent. I did. Um, I did also want to say you did want to plug for two hundred. So go back, listen to two hundred. That was a bit of our our podcast manifesto. I think it turned into me. It, <laughs> it, it was, and I really enjoyed the uh, what you did, Professor, with the with the clips. I know that that took a lot of work, but that was that was funny. That was that was outstanding. Um, and in my own takeaway on this particular lesson, and I assume, and just my assumption. Everybody wants to have a quality life, okay? And, but with that, discipline is your friend. Discipline is not something to be avoided. Um, and, or, and the struggle isn't either. And so just go forth and, and, and be awesome. So that's kind of my takeaway. This is podcast number 201. Uh, <clears throat> Man of Spiritual Oasis for Men. And uh, make sure that you check out our Men's Matter. Michael Cropper, the judge, interviews Davey Gibson. And that's going to be a director's cut. And that's going to drop uh, fairly soon, too. So thanks so much for tuning in. It's Man Up, Spiritual Voice for Men. So on behalf of our producer, Steve Titch, uh, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, Kyle Trahan. My name is Bill Cox. And we're on this No Church Answers Tour. So check out our new YouTube channels. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts or Pray.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post it there. Uh, we are just about getting out of quarantine, but if you're still unable to attend church, uh, check out the streaming service of Sugarland Baptist at sugarlandbaptist.org. It starts Sundays at 945 and when the quarantine is over for you, and maybe some of it, uh, it is for you. We encourage, though, each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class.
that you can join for small group discussions like this and find one that is men only. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.